live from the ESPN 690 and Atari Levine Studios. This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 with Brent Martineau and Austin Lane. Yeah, I'll give you two. Starting with Carson Strong on the Nevada. I think the thing that you like about him the most is how much responsibility he had at the line of scrimmage with the communication, getting in and out of plays. The second thing is how fast he plays mentally within the pocket and the progressions. He's aggressive with the football. You know, sometimes that works out good. Sometimes it doesn't. He's an average athlete, and that kind of minimizes his ability to be creative. But there's a lot to like about him when it comes to his ability to push the ball downfield and take some shots with it. The second quarterback, I would say, is Caleb Ellaby out of Western Michigan. I actually called his first game of the season on the road against Michigan, a college football playoff team. Really impressive. 20 of 37, 200 yards, and no interceptions. I think he's got a talented skill level. He's going to be best working in the middle of the field in kind of that RPO game. Like key to the city, Dan Orlovsky right there. Yes, sir. Hey, good to have Bob Oscura on from uh, St. Augustine High School. Congratulations to him once again in his retirement. As uh, If you're down in the St. Augustine area, that's kind of cool. You know, go watch first pitch tonight with the softball team uh, playing Riverside. And Louis Tiant throwing out the uh, first pitch. So that's very cool um, for Bob and everyone down there in uh, St. Augustine. Hope they have a fantastic evening as we are on the eve of the NFL Draft 2000. And 22 Action Sports Shacks out in Vegas with uh, Stuart Weber. Uh, we already heard from Evan Neal. We already heard from Iki Aquanu. One-on-one conversations with those guys. We also have Aiden Hutchinson on the way. Uh, and uh, Stuart catching up with a couple other folks, too, from an uh, analyst standpoint that are out there in Vegas. So we will have uh, more of those conversations along the way, all the way up until 6 o'clock today on ESPN 690. A little programming note. Uh, my full conversation with Trevor Lawrence is going to take place on the show tomorrow on Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690, part of our pre-draft coverage. And uh, we also have a ton of TV coverage all night tonight with Stewart and the Action Sports Shacks team uh, in our newscast. I'll be live in the morning show starting at 6 a.m. tomorrow, 7 a.m., 8 a.m., noon, 4 o'clock, uh, 5 o'clock, 6 o'clock, and then 7 to 10. We're wall-to-wall on TV on Fox 30, CBS 47 for the first hour, and then Fox 30 the entire time. Uh, and then right into our late newscast in case the Jags trade back in or something like that. Uh, we'll have all the reaction and happenings of the draft all on the Jags uh, for that complete time. So, you know, everybody's talking about the Houston Texans' second pick and 13 overall, and it gets kind of boring and muddy on the draft. Fox 30, the place to be, is we'll have reaction. We'll have players joining us. I think scheduled to have Shaq Griffin, maybe Tyson Campbell, uh, and instant reaction from Doug Peterson, Trent Bulky, and hopefully the first overall pick if he's in Vegas with Stuart Weber. Now, it could be Trevon Walker, and Walker is going to be at home in Georgia instead of in Vegas. So uh, there could be an interesting twist. Uh, at least to our coverage plans. But just gives you an idea how much we've got coming up uh, all throughout the next 36 hours or so. And then we do it again on Friday. We don't have the, as uh, much wall-to-wall coverage on Friday, but we've got all our newscasts uh, on the TV side. And then right here on ESPN 690, you can listen to the draft. So if you're bouncing around between errands, coming back from work, uh, going to a buddy's house, whatever it might be, uh, you can uh, tune into ESPN 690 to hear who has been drafted and the latest on the 2022 NFL uh, draft. Brent Martineau, Casey Kurt, shock your mock season uh, is about to come to an end, by the way. Tomorrow may be uh, my mock draft and Casey's mock draft. Casey's getting us another mock draft for today ready to go. Uh, so we'll have that coming up 
in uh, in just a little bit. The big news today is Cam Robinson will continue to hit that. He gets extended. What does that do? See, I think it's big news because it actually takes place. It's no longer speculation. But if you've been following the Jags, I'll continuously say this. They weren't keeping it a secret that they were going to extend Cam Robinson. They put the franchise tag on him for $16 million and said, we want to get an extension done. And they did. They got an extension done. Three years, $54 million. That's like the uh, money on the deal, according to reports. I think Ian Rappaport had that. And so I think it's a good deal for both sides. It's not super lengthy. You're not tying yourself to crazy dollars over a long period of time. If you're the Jazz, you're not going to get stuck with a player that has been good but not great. And for a guy like uh, Cam Robinson, what a payday. Instead of $16 million, he's going to get however much of that is guaranteed, has a chance to earn over $50 million. And by the way, if he's playing really good football, there's a really good chance they rip that thing up and he extends it even more and gets paid more. So there's a lot of upside to this, I think, for both player and franchise. And that's like kind of the way you like to see the deals work, if both can uh, benefit from it. What this does for the domino effect of the draft, I, I really don't think it changes anything. I don't think the Jags are going offensive line. <laughs> I think they were talking like this the whole time. They were creating their board knowing they were going to have Cam Robinson around. They weren't planning on having a hole in two years at left tackle. And so I don't think it changes their board. They either think they're going offensive line because they want to add to it, make it stronger, maybe move one of those guys in at guard, don't like Jawan Taylor at all and don't trust him. That's why they go offensive tackle. Or offensive tackle just isn't part of the equation. That's kind of the way of thinking I have. We had this conversation yesterday, and I, I really think it brings to the table maybe the maybe the biggest factor, the biggest point in all of this. And and it can be a differing of opinion. But I said it once again today during a conversation on social media. What is a bigger hole for the Jacksonville Jaguars? Offensive line or pass rusher? What is a more important position in the NFL these days? Offensive line and pass rusher. Which one? And I've had many people jump back in. A lot have said pass rusher. I think they're right. First of all, I think it's a guarantee it's a bigger hole. I don't even think it's close. Now, is it a more important position when you have a franchise quarterback, a young quarterback? I think you can debate that because the quarterback trumps everything. And if we're doing everything in our power in an organization to help that quarterback, is that ever a wrong way to go? Probably not. But... I also think history has shown us, especially over the last few years, even recent history in Jacksonville where they were good, that the better teams have a pass rush that can really impact the other guy's quarterback and can disrupt games, close out games, take over games. Very few times do we see an offensive line do that uh, to that degree. So I think that is like the rate. I think that's the over. I would ask everybody right now who wants offensive line, who thinks offensive line is the right way to go, if all things are equal in terms of these players and their skill sets and their ceilings and their projections, I would ask them that question. It doesn't mean you'll answer it the same way, but I think I could debate you pretty heavily that pass rush is king and pass rush is a bigger hole right now in Jacksonville. And so that's where I would rest my case, and uh, I would put it in the hands of the jury <laughs> after that. Uh, Brett Martineau, Casey Kurtz, shock your mock season. We got one more to do yeah. without Austin Lane. We do what we got to do, man. We do what we got to do. Is this one crazy with trades, math? What do you think? Um, 
You know, not crazy. I'm not going to promise. There's not a trade that uh, is interesting at the minimum. So there is a trade here, but not at one. The number one pick we will be keeping. So uh, I guess we'll have to find out who that is. It's one that we haven't seen a lot at number one, although it might end up being the number one overall pick. Interesting. Uh, Let's get to the music. It can't be bargained with. It can't be reasoned with. It doesn't feel pity or remorse or fear, and it absolutely will not stop, ever. I am shocked and appalled. I am shocked and chagrined, mortified and stupefied. So you tried to play GM and you started a mod. So I go to my boy Money Martin, I'll be puffing the truck. We sell the mother. Gonna suck your mind. Gonna suck your mouth. 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 All right, it's Clay that we're shocking the mock to. I can't find him on Twitter. That's weird. I'm putting in. Well, maybe I did just find him on Twitter. Oh seven, 07 Clay underscore Clay. Yeah, that's the guy right there. All right, Here that's him with um. I feel like, to, to the tease that lasted 40 seconds, uh, I feel like we don't see Trevon Walker at number one all that often. Like, I feel like it's been Aiden Hutchinson most of the time. Or, like, it we really traded for been. DK Metcalf or something. That's a really good point. Like, as much as we've talked about him, as much as I wouldn't be shocked by it, as much as he's now the favorite, as much as I kind of wouldn't mind seeing it happen. Yeah, it just feels we like it's never him. mocked a lot. I agree. Agreed. I think they were afraid of what Austin would say. They were not as afraid of us. That's true. Not, they're not afraid at all. You know, that might be the case. You know, poor decision. But anyway. Uh, not- By the way, are we going to find out, and I better find this out, is he like Trevon or Trayvon? Great call. That's a good call. That's always an important thing to find out. both ways, and I figure, all right, oh, these guys are saying his name more. And I'll have to check with my guys in Atlanta. But double check. Our guys at UGA. You, you have guys at UGA? Sports information okay. uh, directors. They're fantastic there, so. Uh, we'll double check. But I feel Trevon, I, I'll, honestly, I have said it like both ways. So I just say, yeah, I said it right once or twice. Yeah, Trevon, Trevon, whatever. His name's Walker. Mr. Walker, if you will. Mr. Walker at number one. Listen, I don't hate it. I don't hate it, but you asked this question. The first question I asked, and I asked this question in the pre-draft luncheon last Friday. How do the Jags see him in a defense? And if he got picked number one, I would ask him the question, how do you see yourself in this defense? I would ask Doug Peterson, how do you see him in your defense? I would ask Trent Baalke, how are you going to use him? Because you've had to have those conversations if you're taking him number one. And I would love this organization to make a decision, see where they see him, keep him there, grow, mature, get better, and don't mess around in the first couple of years trying him here, trying him there. It hasn't worked. Yes, he's versatile. That's fine. People can do multiple things sometimes within a defense. But I wouldn't be throwing him around all different positions and let him learn, let him get acclimated, let him come to the NFL. But let's have a plan for Trevon Walker uh, and, and see what this guy can do and utilize his athleticism the best. Remember, they made that mistake. You got a superb athlete in Miles Jack, and they really didn't use him right probably until his third year in the NFL. So that is my concern with the pick of Trevon Walker. Less about him, 
more about how they use them. And all I want them to do, Casey, is tell me how they're going to use them. Yeah, just let us know the plan ahead of time, and we can uh, figure we can get on board from there. So I agree with you. As long as we know what's going to happen with uh, Mr. Walker, potentially the number one overall pick, uh, I'm with it. Just let us know what the plan is. 33, Brent, I'm not going to lie to you. I kind of like this pick. You need a guard if you're going to pick Javon Walker number one. Uh, Kenyon Green. And in my research, we, haven't yeah, found a lot of good. bad things about him. Well, we've seen this guy before a couple of times. He's a big-body guy, of course, at guard. And uh, Trent Baalke did say there are some guys in, like, the, you know, in, in a part of this draft that there are some big bodies at guard that they like. It's just there's not a lot of, of depth there. But there are a few that they like, and then you kind of run off and there's a fall-off. I wonder if Kenyon Green is in the mix there. Yeah, that's a good call. I, his report, a mauling guard in the ground game with a solid anchor in pass protection. So all those things sound good. 6'3", 323. Uh, arms, 34th and 1 eighth inch. So oh. is that good? Oh, that's good. Yeah, Bulky it, likes it. It feels good. Hands, 10 and 3 eighths. Not really sure how the hands play into the offense's line, offensive lineman as long as you could you gotta know, pack a punch. You got to pack the punch like our guy that doesn't from the last two days. But... I like this pick. Not a lot of bad things said about the guy, so I can get on board. And obviously, if you don't pick a guard at one, you do could potentially upgrade at guard if you don't like Ben Barcher want those two to compete. So I'm not I'm not mad at it. Can we be super nice to Clay like all day on this? I mean, that's two picks that we kind of dig. Like that's all right. I think you can say, all right, give me a better receiver than you're about to give me because this would be out of the top three or four picks. The one that I say. Uh, okay, doesn't do that much for me. How do we like Jalen Tolbert at wide receiver with the first pick of the third round? Yeah, you know, we don't love it. Um, stats were okay last year, 1,400 yards and eight touchdowns for South Alabama. That is pretty good. Uh, ran a four four nine. you know, okay. Uh, but here's what's interesting to me about Tolbert. When I, when I was doing the research, it said zero-star recruit out of high school. Man had oh. zero stars. Oh, hey, by the way, he and I had something in common. Zero stars? Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, uh, then maybe you guys can bond together if he does end up in Jacksonville. But I like the idea that the zero star recruit could potentially be the 65th pick in the draft. That is pretty cool. That's a nice story. Yeah, I like it. So, um, you know, at 65, depending on who's on the board, what do you do? You know, mm. Maybe a little to be desired there. Obviously, it's no George Pickens or Justin Ross, who you think at least Justin Ross will be on the board in this spot at 65. But I get what he's trying to do, you know, bring a receiver for Trevor Lawrence. Um, you know, maybe a little left to be desired in my opinion, but it is Here's what it is. Here's a problem we get with the Shock Your Mockers sometimes. When you do these simulation dra- drafts, I've done this, and I, I just did one over the weekend, you kind of get stuck in spots. And I feel like Tolbert's a guy that people are like, all right, I need a wide receiver. I need a wide receiver. Let's go get a guy that's right around graded here. And that's how we end up on Tolbert. I don't want that to happen. That shouldn't happen in the real life stuff. Like, you go get a guy because you covet a guy. You like a guy. You think he can help you. Don't. The the Jags, their most obvious reach that they've had in recent memory, they even told us kind of it was. I think they even said this basically publicly, is that they didn't have a fourth-round pick. They had two-thirds a few years back, and they really felt like they needed a linebacker help. And they got Quincy Williams, but they felt like they reached at the end of the third round because they didn't like what they might have left when they got back to picking in the fifth round. Right. 
that's a dangerous place to be. I mean, this is shock your mock season, so you're not actually making the picks. It's a little less dangerous for you. But you don't want the Jags to fall into that category as well. If you want to get a wide receiver early, you really better weigh if it's going to get done in at 33 or if there's going to be enough left on the table for you that you like at 65. That leads us to pick 70. Kingsley Anagbore from South Carolina. We have two... Well, we got a South Carolina and South Alabama guy. So, South Carolina is an A-plus grade from PFF. Haven't heard much about this guy. Edge is a need, but is it a need with two picks in the first four picks for the Jacksonville Jaguars here in this draft? Yeah, I'm not going to lie. Is it a, a bit much? Yeah, but here's the thing. I like this guy. I watched a little bit of the tape. Uh, first of all, fantastic name. I don't know why. Kingsley is a good name, though. I just like it. So, anyway, uh, 15 career sacks in South Carolina. Uh, they say versatility, athleticism, and a violent disposition. Oh, violent, violent. disposition. It feels good. I like I that. I like that, too. I mean, the last violent disposition guy we had around here ends up uh, fighting in the MMA and, and joining our radio show. That's true. So this might be a good guy to bring in. I, I like what I've seen from him. Uh, now, I will say this, and this is something that I know Trambalki caught his attention had hip surgery in the 2019-2020 offseason. So this is a guy with an injury history. So we'll hit the button. The blue light special alert. But he did come back from the injury and played and was good. He had a good season last year. So I think this is an intriguing guy in terms of where you can get him. Uh, it Depending on Lance Zerline said this is a fourth or fifth round guy. I don't agree with that. I think when those big-time pass rushers come off the board, then you get to that second tier. This guy's in that second tier. He's not in a third tier or a potentially project guy. I think this is a guy that could play uh, in the league. I'm not telling you he's going to be like T.J. Watt or anything crazy like that, but I think he might be a good role player piece, and at a team that hasn't had many sacks in the last couple of years, I don't think you really would hate the pick if this guy's on the board and you can find a way to get him in the 70, maybe 80 range. Yeah, I, I don't mind. Listen, I go all the way back to the New York Giants. When they won Super Bowls, they just kept picking defensive ends, picking pass rushers, picking pass rushers. Jacob Rexa, by the way, in the feed, is saying that he doesn't agree with me. Ask Leon Searcy. Ask, ask Tony Baselli that a pass rusher is more important than an offensive lineman. When a top pass rusher lines up with a top offensive lineman, they don't take control of the game like the picture that Brent just painted. Well, you don't do it by one guy. You do it by committee. And... Quite frankly, you do it a lot on the offensive line by committee, too. But your left tackle can stand out. They're not getting a left tackle, Jacob. Uh, they are getting – they need pass rushers. You need two of them. You need three of them. You need four of them, five of them, six of them, because you're going to send them in waves. You need to be able to rush from the outside, pass rush from the interior. And so if you grab a couple of defensive front men here in the first couple of picks, I can't say I'm mad at it. The only thing I would probably criticize here in this mock draft is there's not an interior guy. These are a couple of edge guys, unless you plan to move Walker up there on the line of scrimmage a little bit more uh, for the Jacksonville Jaguars to be determined. Meanwhile, in the third round, they trade away uh, Jawan Taylor and get a another third-round pick, number 88. And now we've got some names that are a little bit different. How about Brian Cook out of Cincinnati, a safety? Then after that, Cade Otten, a tight end out of Washington, Casey. Yeah, Brian Cook, obviously, out of Cincinnati, like you said. Jawan Taylor goes goodbye, which then means Walker Little. As you mentioned, no offensive line at this point, so it's Walker Little and it's Cam Robinson and then uh, Kenyon Green would be the offensive line that coming into Jacksonville. But anyway, Brian Cook projected third round pick, so you're you're right on target with their NFL comparison. Julian Blackman of the Colts, I do believe. So 
you know, that's interesting. Um, size and strength are a positive for him. Uh, he can make plays on the football, which is good. However, needs to play with a quicker punch and release near the line. So, you know, and then needs to answer questions regarding long speed. Long speed. Short speed, though, it seems like it's okay, but that long speed is the problem. By the way, the arms, 31 and oh. sevens ace inch. Not going to cut it. Not long enough arms? No. Well, you know, that's tough. Hands, eight and a half. So small small arms, small hands, 206 pounds, six one. Long speed, not good, but they think he's a third rounder, and they think he's Julian Blackman. So, you know, you need safety, sort of, right? Uh, yeah. But do you need it more than Juwan Taylor? I don't know. Well, 31-inch arms, now that I think about it from that position, actually might be pretty good. What about Kate Otten? Anything exciting? Yeah, Kate, the tight end from Washington. Arms, 32 and 3-fourths inch. So, you know, <laughs> big hands. We're, we're on arm size now, by the way, projected third-round pick. So you're in the category there at 106. Bends and turns to avoid redirections from defense. Not really sure what that is. Uh, smart route running with basketball athleticism. Okay, oh. I'm with it. You know. But then, but see, then I don't get this because then it seems bothered by contact inside the route. So which one is it? Could use additional play strength. So is he making basketball plays or is he weak? One of the two. I don't know which one it is. More willing than aggressive in taking on blocking duties. So he's only going to block if you tell him to. Okay, fair enough. But at the end of the day, you know, you did get Evan Ingram. So this guy probably doesn't have to come in and be a starter. But, you know, you can. I, in my opinion, you could always add to the tight end room. Well, and he's going to add to the tight end room. Clay, who is a UH alum, I'm assuming that's Houston, uh, feels more like a South Carolina alum. Zaquandre White at halfback at 157. Then Chigazia Okonkwo. Chigo, I think, is what uh, we've called him in the past. Also a tight end. So two tight ends and three picks, Casey. Yeah, you know, I'm gl- first of all, I'm glad you said the name. Appreciate that. Um, but, yeah, you know, we're just going to keep on adding to the tight end room. Projected sixth or seventh round pick, so you know what it is. Uh, has upper body sh- power to become a more impactful blocker. Makes easy climbs up and over his defender on jump balls, so sounds good there. Okay. Lacks necessary length to stay connected to inline blocks. Very basic route tree experience. Hey, man, he played at Maryland. All right, can we give him a break? They, they might not teach tight ends the best in Maryland, but if he can run the simple routes, we can teach him from here. So, again, I'm not mad, but also hands are a little stiff and a little spotty. Mm. What does that even mean? Olds. How many times do we have to teach you this lesson, old man? I love the young people. So that's what we got on him. And then here's, as we continue on, you got Aaron Hansford. From Texas A&M. Another guy at Texas A&M that probably slipped beginning of the season. We thought all these guys were going to be big deals. You get Aaron Hansford to pick 188. According to Lance Zerline, he's a fourth-round pick. So that would be some value. That would be pretty good. Uh, ha- we want to get some. Uh, we've got so many picks. Why do we have so many picks? Aaron Hansford. Then we have Cade Mays, Jamari Connor. I mean, we got to hit a timeout here sooner or later. Devin Tompkins and Trey Sterling. Does anybody catch our attention with those 542 sixth-round picks and a couple of seventh-rounders? Well, I will tell you, Devin Tompkins does, because here's why. Now, granted, I'll start out with the bads. He's five foot eight and plays wide receiver, but he's five foot eight and 155 pounds. So one hit, it might be done. But last season at Utah State. 102 receptions, 
1,704 yards and 10 touchdowns. Wow, you can catch a ball, catch a football. Yeah, it catches my attention. However, at 5'8", 155, you probably have to play in the slot. Uh, we got like eight of those dudes, as it turns out. And Jalen Tolbert might be another one of those dudes who you already drafted. So I'm not sure, but the stats at least jump off the page for Devin Tompkins at 222. You know, special teams at 5'8 is still sketchy, but you know, a guy that had 1,700 yards at Utah State, bring him in. In That's the sixth round, bring production. him in. And I love the little guys, but if Ty is almost as big as you and weighs as much as you, I'm not sure I want the Jaguars drafting you. No, that is true. Yeah, that is true. You probably need to weigh more than Ty Martino. That is fair. That should be a qualification. Uh, so, anyway, that's an interesting pick. Uh, seventh round, I don't mind that stuff. A root for the little guys. That's no problem uh, whatsoever. So that is a shocker mock that really, in this ens- essence, kind of stinks. Because Trayvon Walker, I like. Kenyon Green, I can see. I think we're reaching for wide receivers now all of a sudden. I like the edge play. But there's defensive interior help. Where is it? Linebacker help, we got to settle for pick 188 in Aaron Hansford. Not so sure about that, Casey. Maybe too many tight ends given what the Jaguars did in free agency. So I don't love the fact that we come out of this draft with not enough big bodies on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, In terms of interior and linebacker, I think those are problem spots for the Jacksonville Jaguars, and you would leave the draft them still being big-time question marks. Agreed. And you also lose Juwan Taylor. Um, I'm not sure that people are too upset about that, but when you have a guy like Walker Little who has been injured, I'm not saying injury-prone, but has been injured, it might not be the worst thing in the world, even if Juwan Taylor loses that job, to just hold on to him just in case. Yeah, that's a good point. Some depth there, uh, at the very least, for the Jacksonville Jaguars. And Juwan Taylor, who, who should play lights out this year, at least to the best of his abilities, because he's going to be in a contract year. Kind of saw that with Cam Robinson, and he saved himself, and now to the tune to over a $50 million contract. That's your shock, your mock here on a Wednesday, minus Austin Lane, but with Brett Bartko and Casey Kurtz. We'll shock a couple of our mocks, or at least share where we think the Jags could go tomorrow on draft day from 3 to 6 on ESPN 690. Let's take a break. More football talk on the way, of course, and uh, maybe a little peek into the NBA. Uh, Just for Austin, we'll talk about John Morant for a moment. We'll be back on ESPN 690. Hey, but in the end, what it comes down to is this. Ja could do these things considering some of the injuries and everything else that has taken place in the Western Conference, but I'm not predicting that's going to happen. I believe that the Warriors are the one team standing in Memphis way. Not Phoenix, not Dallas, not Utah, not Minnesota. The Golden State Warriors. Lethal Weapon 3. That's what I think is standing in their way and that's why it ain't going to happen. But I guess he could if you want to ask the question that Wait, it ain't going to happen. That is Stephen A. Smith talking NBA playoffs on ESPN. Uh, By the way, just had a benches clearing shoving match. I don't know why they call it brawls. Benches clearing shoving match in the Mets-Cardinals game. Oh. uh, This afternoon, Cardinals uh, lead 10-5 over the Mets in the eighth. So it's up and in on Nolan Arenado. Oh, that's my guy on my team. Is he hurt? Nah, Nah, he didn't get hit. Oh, three RBIs, though. Way to go, Nolan. Have a day. <laughs> uh, ja, Ja Real, did it again. Yeah, yeah. I mean, 
<laughs> that dunk was insane. I saw this one. I was locked into the game. I assume that's what you're talking about. He Overall, did he play great? Probably not. I mean, he played okay. The stats are going to say he played okay. I mean, I actually was locked into the game, so I think there was some left to be desired for Ja. But down the stretch, he made plays with the dunk and the layup that was by far the worst defensive play of all time by Anthony Edwards. Yeah, it was not good. Uh, by the way, the dunk was sick. And it's so funny because it'll be like at that time, I, we'd come back from games and in the house, and all of a sudden, I just, like, Ty doesn't say anything, and all of a sudden, he just, like, erupts on the couch. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. what just happened? And it was a John Morant dunk. Um, and that was a pretty wild one, too. But the end of the game, my goodness, big shot by Anthony Edwards. Terrible, like, previous possession by Minnesota, but a big shot by Edwards. Um, and and then just bad defense. I mean, he went for the steal on Morant. you got to force a jumper there. You can't give up a layup to win the game. <laughs> no, absolutely not. It was brutal, I think. The play design on the on the three that he hit was huge. And then, yeah, I don't know. You go for the steal. Like, I get it. I don't know if you're trying to play hero or what, but you can't do that. So Well, of course he's trying to play hero. Uh, you know, that's the second layup to win a playoff game we've seen. This playoffs. Tatum did it over the Nets in game one. And now Morant. I mean, it's just amazing that you can win a game on a layup, and, and by the way, like, that layup was a little bit more higher degree of difficulty, but not for John Moran, and he floats, you know, I mean, <laughs> yeah. I mean, he made a little, con- a little contact and then up and under, and, and really an easy two for him, and the threat of the steal on Anthony Edwards, so uh, that was uh, ill-advised defense, that is for sure, uh, by Edwards. Uh, Heat uh, win 97-94. Hawks are over. Did you see this, Trey Young? Trey Young, very disappointing. Like, you can talk about Durant. You can talk about everybody else. I think Trey Young is, is right up there, man, with disappointing. 22 made field goals, I think, in the series, and 30 turnovers. Yeah, yeah just more turnovers than field goals made. He was not good. He was absolutely not good. He didn't help anything. Uh, he closed it out as they, they should have. Yeah, Trey Young, there's some questions now, I would say, about Trey Young. Absolutely. Well, it will linger a little bit, right? Uh, certainly yeah. linger going into the next year. And a big win for the Suns. They beat the Pelicans 112-97. to uh, So that is a big one to get back up on their side. 3-2. to two. Checking out the NBA playoffs, uh, you got the Bulls and the Bucks tonight. Uh, the Bucks with a chance to close that out after the whooping they put on Chicago in Chicago. Yeah, I got a feeling this might be a cakewalk tonight. Yeah, I think it's going to be over. Zach Levine, Alex Caruso will both not play for the Bulls as I believe it to be. So, uh, yeah, you're not you're not going to win without Zach Levine if you're the Bulls. Tough end of the season for the Bulls. Injuries obviously hurt them. Uh, they'll be okay as long as they can hold on to Zach Levine in the off season going forward. But yeah, it's the Bucks game to lose tonight for sure. And the Warriors uh, should win. They'll beat the Nuggets most likely. Uh, heavy favorites up 3-1 already. Nuggets probably lucky they got one. And as you heard Stephen A. Smith, Warriors, Warriors are, are probably the most dangerous team oh, yeah. uh, now in this postseason. The way they are shooting the basketball with Steph Curry back and Poole uh, doing their thing. So uh, that's the NBA playoff wrap. Let's uh, get back some football. We've got some golf picks. We've got football at five. We have Aiden Hutchinson conversation. So we've got a lot left here on Draft Eve as we turn it back to football uh, throughout the rest of the show. Once again, Stuart Weber in Vegas. Already heard from Evan Neal, Iki Aquanu. We'll hear from Aiden Hutchinson uh, and more from today's draft festivities out in Las Vegas. It's coming up. Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690. 
Debo has a tremendous amount of talent, and he's seen the bag. He's seen the bag. He's seen the grab. He's seeing all these other receivers come up and get their bag. And I don't think some of these youngsters understand it took a little time for these guys. <laughs> they didn't just come out of college and a couple of years later they got the bag. They had to develop. But the time is now. I don't blame it for going after it and, and trying to obtain it. But if I'm a GM, I got to take a, a, a hard line approach as well. But I think he should get it. He's, he's earned it. And the time is now. You have a bad year, what you work. His highest value is right now, after what he did last season. And he's trying to maximize his moment. Oh, man, I tell you what, you know what I thought that was at first? And I was like, why is he commenting on this? I thought it was Deion Sanders. And uh, it sounded like a little bit like him. Well, it's not. But uh, is that is that somebody new, or we used this person recently? Are you absolutely sure it's not Deion Sanders? Oh, really? Is it Deion? It might be Deion Sanders, well, yeah. Is he doing coverage, or is, is this just... Like, at a press availability, somebody asked him about it. Is he doing NFL Network coverage? No, nah, he was on KJM this morning. Oh, okay, okay. Um, so yeah, there you go. I was like, it does sound like Dion. But I, I guess I, whenever it's about money, you got to bring in primetime, you know? <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> By the way, he'll bring on Debo in some kind of NIL deal. <laughs> oh, jeez. Probably. Uh, yeah. Brett Martin, Casey Kurtz, uh, football at five coming up. How about a conversation with Aiden Hutchinson? Stuart Weber will join us from Vegas. He caught up with Hutchinson. He caught up with uh, Evan Neal, Equanu. We have some other analysis uh, from the draft and from Vegas that Stuart was able to capture um, that we might get to today, maybe even save it to tomorrow, depending if we run out of time. But you get the idea. Between all of that, uh, Trevor Lawrence conversation, uh, a lot of uh, stuff that you'll only find on Action Sports Jacks this week on CBS 47, Fox 30, and ESPN 690 uh, that will bring it to you covering the draft, uh, hopefully like nobody else can, in town. Can anybody else do golf picks like us? Because before we get to football at 5, we've got to sneak in the golf picks. Is this, is this week even worth doing golf picks? Yeah. Yeah, it's the Mexico Open for the first time on the PGA Tour. Got to give them the love, absolutely. There's good names in the field. Uh, just I can't really tell you how the course is going to play because it's never been played. And I don't like that. Yeah, I like that too. And a lot of guys are struggling. So I think, if anything, we're going to find out who's really good at making golf picks this week. So what do you know about, I mean, like no, John Rahm's in the field. But like, yeah. should, we, should we have to take somebody that's not a big name? Sure, I'm down. I, I will tell you that the the fantasy, in terms of if you play fantasy golf, the best players are at the top and then go down from there. I will tell you it goes down pretty quick since Kevin Na is the fourth most expensive player in the field. No disrespect to Kevin Na, but it goes John Rahm, Tony Finau, Abraham Answer, Kevin Na. So that's kind of where the drop-off starts. And then some of the other high-name players are Christian Kirk and Aaron Wise, or Chris Kirk and Aaron Wise. Christian Kirk is not playing. Christian Kirk, I was going to say, that's a heck of a side job, but he probably doesn't need the money. Yeah, <laughs> no, I, I would say he probably does not need the money. So, uh, yeah, you don't really know what you're going to get. Um, but with that being said, if we're taking kind of randoms, and tell me if this is fair enough for a random, I'll take Brendan Todd. Yeah, yeah, that's random enough. Oh, yeah, I'll take Brendan Todd then. Playing well right now. Okay. Uh Let's see. Who should I? I have no idea who's playing well. Honestly, didn't do a lot of homework for this one. I really don't need to do homework given the stats and the leaderboard. Um, is uh, is Carlos Ortiz a, a, a 
too much of a chalk guy here? Nah, no, I, I like the idea of Carlos Ortiz winning in Mexico, obviously. Yeah. That would be a big I'm deal. I'm the story up, you know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, his brother's in the field for the first time. So, yeah, Carlos Ortiz, not chalk. No one's going to yell at you for chalk. Uh, PGA Tour winner, Carlos Ortiz, but... um. You know, I like it. I'll, I'll, I'll go it. with Carlos Ortiz. Let's try it out. I, I like the story. Well, now, I respect your game and knowledge of the golf week to week, especially during a draft week, that you know that Carlos Ortiz's brother is in the field for the first time. Hey, man, I'm locked in. You know what I'm saying? The points and the leaderboard might not look like it, but I'm locked in. Trust me. Uh, by the way, we did unveil our third episode of our Dream 18 show today, 2 o'clock on Wednesdays. We've had Jim Furyk. We've had Paul Tesori, caddy for Webb Simpson. Uh, we have had... Uh, we had today Scott Wilson. That's a guy you never heard of, but the cool part about his story is all the courses he's played. He's played the top 100 courses in the United States, played uh, 78 of the top 100 in the world. So it was really neat as he took us on that journey around golf courses from different parts of the world. And uh, the podcast will be out this weekend. And we'll have extended conversation with Scott, who I met at Streamsong Resort, was a director of golf there. Now he has his own uh, business, Wilson Links, where he takes people on golf trips. And uh, so more of that conversation coming up this weekend when we, as they say, drop the podcast, the drop Dream it. 18 podcast on everywhere that you listen to your podcast. If you haven't checked out the show, checked out the show yet, uh, please do that. And uh, you can tune in each and every Wednesday, 2 o'clock on ESPN 690, preceding Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690. Now, we're working on some other guests, and I, I just don't want to put names out there because okay. we're trying to get some folks. Uh, it could be some really fun, like, outside of the world of golf people, but they're also hard to get. That's so true. That's facts. I don't want to tease that. Um, I agree with you, Brent. Good call. I'm not going to tease it, but we're going to try it. We feel good about some. Um, not so good about others, <laughs> but uh, it's a 12-episode show, the Dream 18 show. And while we're at it and talking a little bit of golf, Action Sports Shacks, Dream18.com for your uh, Dream 18 discount golf card for some of the courses in the area. And I will continue to say, if you don't have the card, you're missing out if you like to play golf because you're paying too much. And you can really save at golf courses based on the way the rates are um, these days. I'll tell you, I'll give you a little something. I always like every week I try to do the Dream 18 cards. Like I'll send them out as, you know, as they as they roll in. And some weeks are heavier than others, and so you might, you know, you might do a dozen of them. You might do five of them. You might do a couple. Of them. Well, I don't like to let it sit too long, so it's four or five days. I did a couple this morning. Every day that I send out cards in the mail to people, mm -hmm. so like I take it doesn't take very long. So I just put the addresses on, put the cards in. Uh, by the way, if you if you buy three or more like uh, some person did this this time around i actually put it in a bigger envelope and send you some uh uh ball markers as well for the oh, so it's a little added gift okay if you get three or more um so that's good customer service right there very good by the way top notch um, but it is without fail i can go three days without a new card being bought and the moment i put Two envelopes, ten envelopes in the mail. There are people that buy the card that day. Ain't it funny how that works? It's amazing. Like, if I wanted to sell more cards, I would just, like, send one in the in the mail every day. Because it would be guaranteed that, like, as soon as the mail goes out, there's another one that, like, an hour later, somebody buys a card. <laughs> I mean, it's fascinating. It happened again today. I was like, oh, hey, I'm not complaining, by the way. Oh. Keep buying the cards. It's good. It's good for charity. It's good for everything. It's good for you, really. Uh, that's really a, the, the biggest thing I'm trying to say is you're the big winner if you like to play golf. 
It's a really good deal. We didn't even know it would be as good a deal as it is. <laughs> or we probably would have raised the price. Yeah, that is true. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You got to do what you got to do. All right. Uh, let's take a break. We got football at five coming up again. Stuart Weber from Vegas. Aiden Hutchinson from Vegas with Stuart Weber. Uh, plus some more football conversation. Let's really hone in on the draft for another hour, and then we finally hit draft day. Don't forget, Action Sports Shacks OT coming up right after our show, followed by the Jacksonville Jumbo Shrimp, who are on fire right now on the baseball diamond. Uh, we'll be back. Football at 5 on ESPN 690 right after this.